0: Hey, friends, and welcome to the Equestrian Podcast. I'm your host, Bethany Lee, and this is episode 252. We have two wonderful guests today, and they are the executive director and the founder of Glen Air Equestrian Programme. GEP uses the powerful connection between horses and people to teach, learn, grow, and heal. They provide a hands on experience based on learning environment for people in difficult situations, including children, families, and military personnel. I just had the executive director of Glenair on the podcast for his own episode. So if you want more information, make sure you tune into episode 249. But here today to talk about all the amazing benefits that Glen Air Equestrian program has to offer, including their huge working student program and equine-facilitated learning, here is founder Ellen Healy and executive director Bill Rube. Thank you so much for coming on. I'm so excited to talk about Glen Air Equestrian Program. I would love to hear, um, I know we chatted with Bill um, just a little while ago and got Bill got a little bit of a rundown of you and your life. Um, Ellen, I'd love to hear how you first kind of got started in the equestrian industry.
1: Oh, okay. So, you know, as a kid, I always had a love of horses, but of course could never have one. But uh, the first thing I did when I graduated from college was got a horse when I had a job and uh, had no clue what I was doing. I didn't come from from horses as a kid, and so I had to learn as I went. And um, my husband and I purchased a farm, and once our children were born, they kind of drove our continuing education into horses because they were so interested in horses. Ah, oh, Okay. So you are the founder of Glen Air Equestrian
0: Program, which is a nonprofit organization that really provides hands-on experience based on a uh, learning environment for people in, you know, difficult situations. So what was the inspiration behind starting this organization?
1: You know, I wish I could tell you it was one thing. There were many things sure. that got this organization off the ground. Primarily, as I said, my children drove us with the horses, uh, particularly my two youngest daughters. When we moved up from doing, uh, say, a local show circuit with our little backyard ponies um, to doing rated shows and then to doing A-rated shows and then on to a trainer for them. And then our horses were no longer uh, suitable for where they were showing. So we had to get suitable horses. So... As our children moved up and uh, we had to get different horses, we realized that some of the kids that were in the local circuit and uh, we started in 4 H, and some of their, they made so many friends in 4 H. We started hearing stories or, uh, you know, of children that we knew well who had to leave uh, riding horses for whatever reason, either it was a financial situation or a family situation. There were a lot of different instances, and since we had these horses that my children showed, but were now not suitable for them to show at that level, we started loaning these horses to to these kids to use to get them back focused on horses and uh, away from whatever else it was that was causing issues in their lives. Right. And so that was kind of really the inception of the program, and then. We said, well, okay, so now we have these children who are coming onto our farm, and they're using our horses. Now we need to get a trainer for them, because they're our horses, and we want to make sure that they're learning uh, horsemanship to a certain level. And so we found a trainer. And then it kind of grew from there. Um, we, we really, truly formulated the program that we have currently we've been doing this for 20 years so i would say that the Hmm. program that we're currently running truly was formulated maybe about 10 years ago uh, because it took us that long to get there to to get to the point where we felt more comfortable with what we were doing we had received training we were very invested in these children and very invested in these horses and so we had to find a product now that we could offer that would be successful even though we saw success instantaneously by just getting children back on horses so that they had a focus
0: right right so now kind of fast forward you are both colleagues you know together working at Glenair um which sure. the, the organization actually brought you two together several years ago I've heard it's an, in- an interesting way Bill do you want to tell us how kind of tracking down an old horse of yours led to the two of you meeting and then the, you know working together at GEP
2: Sure yes so I was tracking down an old horse of mine named Mystery Date and I was on Facebook and Ellen responded uh, in a private message telling me that Mystery Date wound up in their program and he finished out his years there and he was loved by everyone. And, you know, and then that put Glen Air Equestrian program on my radar and, you know, fast forward a few more years, Ellen and I ran ran into each other in Wellington and we got talking and it stayed in the back of my mind and maybe six or eight months later I gave Ellen a call and I said, Hey, I said, what's going on with your program? And she was like, you know, I'm looking for an executive director and one thing led to another and uh, I've been here for three years and it's amazing.
0: That's so cool. Well, Glen Eyre, I know, offers a ton of different programs, including like a working student program to teach students about horsemanship, like you were mentioning, Ellen. Tell us about this program and why it is so important to your students.
1: Sure. So the working student program is, was primarily the first program that we started with. And we wanted to uh, give children an opportunity to to experience a horse as if they own the horse themselves. So these children come and we assign them a horse. It becomes what we call their project horse, but nobody else rides it but them. And they're responsible under guidance for the horse's care. Uh, They do take lessons. They do show on a local circuit. And um, they learn how to care for their horse. As well, they have a commitment to us to do... uh, you know, what we call a work commitment. But what it actually is, is they're learning barn and farm management skills, while at the same time, learning character skills. And that is a main focus in what we do. There are 40 character assets that children are supposed to master by the time they become adults. And so we want These children to be exposed to those character assets and to learn what they actually mean within their own lives and how to practice them in their own lives. And we do that as an all-inclusive package. The children are not even aware that they're being instructed in this, but we model the behavior and we reinforce the behavior constantly. And so um, it is very important to these children so that when they leave the program, they can go out into society and be successful, feel that they are prepared. Um, We've seen a great deal of confidence being established in these young people, and uh, they know how to handle themselves when they they leave the protection of the program and say they go into the workforce or they go into a higher education situation. Uh, We focus as well on education. We do offer tutoring if it's not um, the family's not able to afford it, and in cases we have offered counseling as well if families were not able to afford it on their own. So what we want to do is get them through very difficult adolescent years, and those difficulties can be caused by many different things. Um, you know, it might just be normal teenage angst, but more often than not, we have children whose families are, uh, experiencing an upheaval, and, and, it's, and the child is very involved in that. And so, this is their safe place. This is their place to be and their place to work on themselves. And, um, it, you know, we've seen so many successes in this that it just lets us know how um, important this program is to us, to them, to them. Right. Absolutely. I, I feel like
0: a big part of Glen Eyre is equine facilitated learning. And for those who are listening that maybe don't know much about this, uh, Bill, could you explain what EFL is and what does equine facilitated learning look like at Glen Eyre?
2: So the equine facilitated learning program is, uh, let me preface this by saying that all the horses at Glen Air are donated. And once the horses can no longer facilitate the working students, they're moved to another part on the farm where they're used for the equine facilitated learning, where kids can develop a connection through horses or adults. Um, It's generally, uh, it could be first offenders, it could be, you know, a curriculum based non-riding program Mm -hmm. where we also teach the character traits that Ellen Mentioned earlier, and they get to interact with all these horses, and it's it's an extraordinary thing to see.
0: You're located in New Jersey. I've heard Glenair has a pretty amazing facility that really makes all of your programs possible. So, Ellen, what does a typical day on the farm kind of look like at Glenair?
1: <laughs> I'm sure every day is a little different. <laughs> no, there is a typical day. You know, during the school year when the children are in school, um, we don't expect them or we don't require them to do barn cleaning or cleaning stalls or feeding the horses or turning in and out in the morning. And so, you know, we begin by taking care of the horses and getting the horses all turned out and getting them fed, getting the barns cleaned, uh, getting everything ready for when the children arrive in the afternoon, you know. If there's veterinary care that's needed, they often come in the morning, farriers come in the morning, so that by the time the children get there, the horses are ready to go. The children start to arrive generally around 2 o'clock, sometimes between 2 and 3, and the ones who are, have been in the program for a while, you know, they get right into their routine. The ones that are newer, they, we pair them up with a child that's been in the program for a while, and so they have someone to work with to help them. And then, of course, we have our, our, our uh, trainers and our supervisors there to make sure that all the children are safe. So they would get their horses. If they're scheduled for a lesson, they get prepared for their lesson. They tack up their horse. Uh, they go out and warm up their horse. If they're scheduled to work first, they go in and they look at the work board and they see what chores they might have. And it's their responsibility to get their chore done before their lesson uh, time comes up. Uh, and and, and uh, it's a big hubbub in the afternoons. We generally try to close the barn down by 7 in the evening because we want the children to have time to go home. You know eat a meal do their homework or whatever now sometimes that day is interrupted for the children if we have someone that requires tutoring Uh, we allow them to take that time uh, for their work commitment and do their tutoring because we want them to succeed in school and that's pretty generally what our day look like looks like on the weekends it's all very different on the weekends they come in they clean stalls they turn the horses in and out they take care of the barn um, You know, they clean the bars, they wash windows, they sweep the floors, whatever you need to do to keep a barn in good, working, clean order is what they learn to do. Um, sometimes they're out mucking fields and always with supervision. They're never left alone. their own.
2: If I could interject too, you know, we, we've just recently, the last week, switched into a summer schedule where the kids now... Are arriving at eight in the morning and they're here till three thirty mm-hmm.
1: mm-hmm. so
2: you know it 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 all it all pertains to seasonality and whatever program uh, curriculum that uh our managing director Allison Johnson you know sets up
0: okay. I mean, I feel like many of us, especially equestrians, often refer to horses as great therapists, which is something you are channeling through your program. So Bill, what do you think it is about horses that really helps change or heal us?
2: So personally, what I think heals us is when you go out and you interact with a horse and you look into their eye it's kind of like you're looking into their soul, in in my opinion. And these are magnificent creatures that are very, very, you know, they can be um, scary, but they're also very, very kind at the same time. And horses provide an outlet for people because – what I'm trying to say is that they uh uh horses can not take care of themselves mm-hmm. so they're dependent upon us, and that that's kind of a you know a good place to be in so that we're doing something for the welfare of the horse
0: definitely yep and then in the process, I feel like you learn so much about yourself and obviously the calming aspect of what horses can do. And, and like you were saying, Bill, like you can like see into their soul. I feel like they are so sensitive to our thoughts and feelings that there's just this amazing opportunity for them to like, for for you to feel really seen. And for, for the people who I feel like who are a part of your program to feel really seen by these animals.
2: These kids are really special. And uh, Ellen and I both make it make time to go out and interact with the kids and you know talk to them and see how they're doing it's just it's amazing to see the transformation um, of these kids from when they come into the program to when they leave and you know some of them are here for 10 years Mm, you know and and the best part is our alumni they come back and they get involved you know it's 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 really quite extraordinary
0: Sometimes I feel like one of the most challenging parts of a training program is the management aspect of all the horses, all of their care, and just the organization of it all so there is this app that a million riders use today called equilab and it really does capture everything you need for your horse to track data as well as log any information you might refer to in order to keep your horse healthy and safe and organized i'm talking tracking rides gait distribution being able to have your position set live so that other people can keep track of where you are on a trail ride. You can organize your riding, farrier, if you were lunging or jumping a certain day and keep track of the schedule. You can also share your journey with other people who use the app. It just offers so much organization. It's super fun to use and really informative, especially as you get more and more competitive and really every little detail counts that you're able to collect data to really make sure that your horse is in peak performance. But really it is for every level and every discipline. So if you want more information, visit their website at equilab.horse, that's E-Q-U-I-L-A-B.horse, and get more information. What would you say is something that each of you feel like you've like really learned from being a part of the Glen Eyre Equestrian program? Ellen, do you have any ideas first? If you had to pick one aspect of it, what do you feel like you've really learned or have really incorporated into your everyday life by being a part of Glen Air?
1: Oh my goodness. You know, that's a wonderful question. We often focus on how the children or the participants in the program are affected, but to see um, the miracles, and that's the only word I can use for it, to see the connection between the horses and the children. You know, as someone who didn't come up with horses, um, I never experienced that as a child. And it, it took me a while. I mean, of course my own children did, but it took me a while to really understand that there is a very, very strong connection between these animals and these children. And the horses feel it too. Um, And that was not something that I really actually understood. And so, you know, I go out to the barn at night when everyone's gone and I talk to these horses and I, I know what it's like now to be surrounded by a being that is non-judgmental that accepts me for who I am and it, there's such a tremendous amount of peace there is also of course a tremendous feel of accomplishment when you see these children succeeding in their lives and going on to become responsible young people and you know we we don't supply miracles but the miracles happen every day mm-hmm. Um, and that's something that has been a gift to me is to be able to be part of that.
2: Well, I'll tell you for me, what I've learned, it's going to be one word and it's called patience.
0: <laughs> ah, Okay. Explain. <laughs>
2: explain. So I'm always 10 steps ahead of everybody. If it's, if it's March bills in December. So I go outside and I want everything done yesterday or, you know, in all aspects of my life. And when I go out and spend time with the kids, I have to be patient because they can't keep up with me. Mm -hmm. And it's really helped me to to grasp that concept because I am fast forward all the way. And each day I practice that and it's been very helpful in my entire life. Mm -hmm.
0: Absolutely. Um, Bill, how can listeners be supportive of Glen Air Equestrian Program?
2: Listeners can be supportive of Glen Air Equestrian Program by sending us money. <laughs> I hate to be so blunt.
0: <laughs> yes, we, totally.
2: have a, we have a donation, you know, we have a donate button on our website where they can donate to experiences. They can sponsor a horse. Cool. Um, you know, we have a once a year fundraiser or derby. They can get involved. know sponsoring classes or you know prize money also you know we tend to run some initiatives throughout the year like currently where we need to really work on our outdoor rings so we're bringing in a a specialist you know footing specialist to look at that because it's time Mm -hmm. at which point then I may reach out you know and and ask for some assistance there Um, but it's everything that we do benefits the children and gets back to them directly. So it's it's amazing.
0: Ellen, what would you say is an area of the equestrian industry that you are particularly passionate about that you feel like the rest of the equestrian community either just doesn't know a lot about or doesn't talk that much about?
1: Um, hmm. Well, there's there's two areas if I may. And one, I feel like our equestrian community is becoming much more aware of it, and that is inclusion of our lower level and backyard programs in all that's going on. This is, you know, these people, young people, or even adults who are not able to afford the sport on the upper levels. It's still their sport. And they know everything about it. And they follow everyone in the sport. And on their level, they want to compete. They want to be out there. They want to be working as hard as they can. And the opportunities for them to do that are dying. The, you know, the, the local show circuits are dying, at least in our area, they are. And I know there's been an outreach initiative uh, through the USCF or, yes, USCF bill?
2: Yeah.
1: USHJA. USHJA, excuse me. No. USHJA. Um, but even at that, it requires a certain amount of, of money to do that. So we do support on our farm a local show series that's run by a woman by the name of Susanna Leto. She runs an exceptionally quality show. You'd never know that it's it's not a recognized show. Mm but it's available to our community. And and recently we thought that that show was gonna have to stop running and we were desperate. We found that, you know, people were really interested in keeping that running because there was nothing else like that. And if you lose those programs, what do we have to feed the upper levels, you know, other than the the young people that are able to afford it? Uh, When you talk to a lot of these big riders, they didn't start out that way. They had to work their way up. And, mm-hmm. and so I feel like, you know, also in losing these, some of these lower level programs, you lose the knowledge that kids used to have of how to mm-hmm. body clip their horse, braid their horse, get it ready for a show, right. uh, you know, handle it day to day. We're losing that knowledge. But I, I feel like the industry is becoming more aware of that. Um, and I so, would agree
2: with that. I would agree with
1: that. So that's hopeful. Mm -hmm. Another issue is, of course, what do we do with these aging horses? What do we do with all of these horses that need homes? And, you know, I'm so in awe of people who can just rescue horses for the purpose of rescuing horses. But that is very, very difficult. We all know horses are expensive. Yeah. So to give them the continued care that they need – Oftentimes, these rescues struggle and these horses struggle. And so I don't know what the answer to that is. I mean, for our part, all of our horses are rescued, or excuse me, all of our horses are donated. So we feel that they are skipping that step of becoming non-useful and eventually ending up in a rescue somewhere mm-hmm. or ending up yeah. in a bed bed somewhere. They have a home with us. They have veterinary care. They live with us until the day that they die. And quite honestly, you know, we have so many that are well, well into the thirties. We don't know when that day is going to be, but,
2: yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but the shows definitely provide that all-inclusivity. And, and like she said with Suoletto and, and the programs, uh, it's under Courses by Design. So, you know, we always encourage, you know, a lot of local participation. Yeah.
1: And, and that's one of the things when we run our, our fundraising derby, it's always the first weekend in November. We open up uh, one of our fields. It's the only time people get to ride on it. And we do hunter derbies out there. Nice. And, uh, you know, it's something that our local community riders and our, face it, our children within our program never get to experience. So this is such a thing for them. But as well, we've been so fortunate to have uh, a lot of trainers take note of it and now be bringing their young horses or, you know, horses that they just want to get out there and experience this for the first time. And so we are seeing a great mixture of uh both communities coming together and to enjoy this sport and we're very happy to be able to offer that to them
2: yep and we do and they they look forward to it every year you know Mm -hmm. and it's it's hunter derbies are a big thing now and uh the one that we do put on is is mirrors the top shows i can tell you that and it's in it's in all all hands on deck experience. We decorate the jobs. You know, it's it's, it's, it's all, amazing, Bethany. Wow.
1: Up until last year, we were all volunteers, mm. so it That's, was yeah. it was exhausting, exhausting. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it always exhausting, but
2: um, yeah, it's it's a good experience because everybody does get involved.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Wow. Um, well, for anyone listening who wants more information, I would imagine they could head over to your website to learn more. And that's org. But thank you both you two, Ellen and Bill, for taking the time to chat a little bit more about Glenair. I feel like there's always riders and people who are a part of the sport who are looking for ways to get involved or looking for ways or places to maybe donate a horse in their program and i feel like this is such a great place for people to go to so i appreciate you so much for telling your story and taking the time and i wish you all the best